0: All right, G'day guys and welcome to the Bradley J Driver Experience here for episode 18 and we're almost going to call this episode 18 round 2. We had a few technical errors with connections and whatnot in that first take so we're coming back but today I'm excited because we've got a guest who I've known for the last two years from growing up and being around here in Wollongong. Um, This guy is unbelievably talented. One quarter of the Four Kinsmen, they toured 27 states in the US. They had their own show on the Vegas Strip. He's been on Hey Hey It's Saturday, the likes of the Burt Newton Show, and now loves to get on Facebook and have a little bit of fun with all the friends and the followers that he has on there. He's just an entertainer through and through. Everything from opera, humor to classical music. Absolutely love what this guy does and the entertainment that he brings to everyone around the Wollongong and Australia region and the greater world um, Mr. Scott Radburn how are you mate?
1: G'day Brad how are you? Gee that was a great introduction. <laughs> mate I've had, I've had practice after that first round. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like meeting this guy. Anyway. <laughs> but anyway look oh look this is um I'm not being uh I, I, I should be more polite I'll uh, there's no one here except for my beautiful wife that's uh, working from home at the moment because of the current uh, virus. Uh, she's two metres away, so that's being pro- uh, uh, politically correct. So I'll take my coronavirus mask off. Oh, there you go. Whoa! Hey, there he is. <laughs> mate. scared the life
0: out of you. Mate, no, I'll tell you what, what a good-looking bloke. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. oh, yeah, look we'll at We'll have that, everyone hey. look tuning look. into this one. God.
1: <laughs> hey, look, I... A good looking bloke. Have a look at this. The wind was so strong the other day that it blew all the hair off the top of my head.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, if 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 you're listening to this or watching this, I've got a lot of respect for this guy. We sort of, we touched on it in that first take before we had those audio errors, but you know, for me now, I've, I've known Scotty for two years. You know, when you live in Wollongong, you know, there's only three or 400,000 people here, but you feel like you know every one of them. Um, we met at North Beach Kiosk, you know, and we both enjoy a coffee on the water. And just over the last couple of years, just got chatting and got to know each other a little better. And one thing that always, I guess I was always marvelled by was, this guy is just an entertainer through and through. The, you know, the conversations are always exciting and a great laugh there's always a genuine connection there and and you're a really good bloke bloke to talk to mate. And for me, a lot of respect your way because you know, I made an announcement last week that I was pursuing this industry full time now in in entertainment and Scott reached out with a really supportive message, but also I guess a story that in some ways is quite similar. Um, A background in real estate and, and property yourself and then you took the plunge to do what's become an amazing career and I guess a really, really cool life story. So I
1: appreciate you coming on, mate. How are you? Oh, really good. Thanks, Brad. And that's exactly it. When I did reach out to you because um, when I look at you, you're, you're a young bloke in your early 20s and I'm a, a young bloke, 60. <laughs> and um, the thing is that being an entertainer, you and I, uh, I, I look at your career. And I've watched it and I've studied it and I appreciate it and honor it because you're a guy that you go out there and forget about the money side of it. So long as you're earning a quid and you're, you're surviving and having a a, a pretty good lifestyle, you go out there and the whole thing is it's making people happy. Now when, when with you in real estate and you know all about this, that, One of the the, the greatest things is that when you have a couple in particular, well, it could be a single person, but if you have a couple and one of the biggest things that they buy in their lives is a house and uh, the day that they've signed the contracts and they finally move in, you can appreciate this because it's like entertainment. You love the feeling of watching them the smiles on their face and the joy that they have and the excitement. Most definitely. Now that's it. And now that you've moved into this and that's why I reached out to you last week, because I think that you're a guy that you're like me as an entertainer. We're very creative and we keep moving to satisfy our creative side. And, um, I feel now, well, I I worked in real estate too many, many years ago, but it's not something that I wanted to do. I always had from a young boy, uh, from four years old, I knew that I wanted to be an entertainer. And my father, uh, my whole family are from a business background. My father was in real estate and property development, especially in residential. Um, I always appreciated that. But I always said to my dad, look, I really want to be an entertainer and they didn't really understand that side of it, but, and, and, but eventually they did. And, uh, the thing that drives me is like you, I love people to be entertained and to be happy and to be an entertainer. It just isn't somebody that gets on a stage. It's somebody in real estate. Even, even my, uh, you know, uh, uh, my my um, doctor, uh, who's just retired, every time I went in to see him he 'd tell me a joke or i 'd tell him a joke and yeah. and and, and that 's the thing you know the, he's, he' he 's a, a medical practitioner, but it 's all about I love people being happy and entertained and uh, that 's why I reached out to you because you and I are very similar.
0: I appreciate that a lot, and you know for me, I guess it's funny what you said there because you felt that real estate wasn't something you wanted to do for the rest of your life. And, you know, I've been saying it my whole life that, and it sounds, it sounds super, I guess I always say it sounds airy fairy or dreamy, but it's, it's true. I, mate, I want to change the world. Like I think there's an opportunity with the power of the voice and the platform that could be created to positively impact people from here to, you know, the other side of the planet. So for me, real estate wasn't going to be that vehicle, but it was an amazing platform for three and a half years that allowed me to build a bit of an audience and also build some respect as a young guy within the business world. So I feel privileged because I'm now in a situation where I'm sitting down with, with the likes of yourself who's had years and years and I will learn things from this interview, which, which excites me. So tell me you're in real estate. You've made that plunge to leave. Cause I know that you left the industry and what did the first steps in the entertainment world look like for you? But maybe before you answer that, just track back. You said your family was very business orientated. Were any of your family musically talented or was,
1: were you the first? Uh, on a professional level, I'm the only one. Um, I did have a brother that liked to dabble in it. Um, he liked to sing and, and do things. I had a sister that was extremely good in ballet. Okay. Um, yeah, but on a professional basis, I was the only one that wanted to take it to the next level and take the risk. And you understand what, what I'm saying there, the risk, um, because I was working in real estate. I, you're going to laugh at this, but my dad wanted me to work for him, but I went and worked for his opposition. And my dad said, I said, what are you work? Dad said, what you've applied for a job with the opposition. And then when I went and applied for the job, uh, with the opposition, Jack Albert, Jack Albert, real estate, in Wollongong. Um, the, the the owner of the company said, Scotty, um, what are you applying for the job here as the uh, junior trainee, uh, property manager and, uh, and working in sales. And I said, Jack, the reason why he, he said, why don't you work for your dad? And I said, no, that's too easy. I said that, um, that's an insurance policy. If I work for you, if I don't work well, you'll sack me.
0: Yeah, and I, I like said, that.
1: I, I, I want to be right on the edge. I want to know that if I don't pull my socks up, you're going to sack me. So, so anyway, I worked for him, but about three years into that, uh, at the Wollongong university, they had the inaugural uh, performing arts course at the university and they were asking for applications to come in and audition. And I looked at it in the Illawarra Mercury and I thought, Oh my goodness, that is exactly me. I've got to do it. So I gave up a brilliant job. The money was quite good for a young man. I had a company car I had all this education where I went and learnt, uh, I did the, uh, the real estate certificate through Jack Albert and then I went and saw Jack Albert and I told him, I said, here's my resignation and he said, what? I said, here's my resignation and he said, I thought you loved it here. What, what are you going to leave here for when you've got such a, a great career in real estate? And I said, I'm going to be an entertainer. I want to work in theater, musicals. I want to be an actor. I just want to make people happy. And he said, that's such a big question, Mark. He said, what a gamble. He said, no, I'm not going to accept your resignation. He said, go away for a week and think about it. So I did. I came in the following week and I said, you know what, Jack, the money is great. You look after me like a father. and..." you are my father's opposition, so you are uh, the surrogate father. But I said, Jack, I've, whether I, I'm i successful or I fall in the gutter, it doesn't matter. The satisfaction and the gratification for me as Scott Radburn is to fill my dream and to do what my heart says. And I've got to do this. <clears throat> Definitely. Yeah, and and, 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 yeah, and like, like what we were saying before, uh, during the technical glitch that we had is that you can't live your life, not knowing you've got to do what you have to do.
0: 100%. And I think, you know, life it's, it's funny, isn't it, Scott? Because the first thing that everyone said to me when I said I was going to leave real estate was how are you going to make money? Like that's the first. And I understand that because, you know, the foundation of life is to have finance and, and support to be able to, to be able to live your life, to be able to eat, to be able to pay your bills, but there's so much more to it. And I found myself falling into that trap of waking up, going and having a coffee, going to the office, doing the same thing every day. And I felt like I wasn't living. I felt like I was just in routine. And yep. it took me six months to, to realize that it wasn't just, I guess, a, a momentary feeling I had, but rather an urge to get back on track with what I felt my purpose was. And that was just to change the world through my voice and through my story. And, you know, this morning waking up and knowing that I was going to get behind this mic and shoot an episode with you, I'm excited. You know what I mean? And, yeah, and that yeah, passion yeah. that you feel, that's what fuels the fire. And I love feeling like that fire is fueled again and ready to charge and open to any possibility or opportunity that comes my way. So it's an absolute blessing. I think to, to, not many people do, but to take your own path and lead the life in the direction that you want is, yep, that's, that's truly what it's about, really.
1: Well, you're, you're a young man, and as I've said to you before, I've, I've, for the last couple of years, I've been following the path that you're taking, and even me at my age, I'm learning from you. And that's the exciting thing is, okay, the whole world is going through this terrible challenge of getting through the coronavirus syndrome. Yeah. Now I, I, my thing to say to everyone is that if while you're at home, think out of the square and challenge yourself and try to do things that you would never feel that you wanted to do. Get out there. My, My family recently and I, Um, I've got a 73-year-old sister. She's a a, a wonderful lady. She's very outgoing. She knows most of Wollongong. Um, She's got a wonderful personality. But even my sister, we had a family get-together. We've done it twice now, where... It's like the Brady Bunch. Uh, you know, I don't know if you remember Brady Bunch. You're too yeah, young do, yeah. for that. But remember, they, they started the, the, the episode off with all the squares, yeah, with everybody squares, looking yeah. like that. Well, we had an online uh, meeting the other day on Messenger. Yeah. And it was fantastic. But even my sister at 73, she said, how do you do that? So one of, the, one of her grandkids went around and showed her how to do it. And she's loving it. She's thinking out of the square and she's so invigorated now. She yes. said, oh, this is fantastic. Yeah. So it's, it's all those things now that people all around the world are reconnecting. Definitely. Um, it's, it's powerful, yeah. isn't it? It is. And uh, look, um, as an older guy looking at the younger generation, uh, to give you an idea, Cheryl and I, on the 14th of, of February, uh, Valentine's day this year, we went to one of our favorite restaurants and, um, uh, it was packed out. Now we're sitting there and Cheryl and I are chatting. Now there was a young couple there that would have been in their really early twenties. He gave her a nice rose, but, they sat there for the whole time on a very romantic night, which I can understand it because that's the generation, but they were, they were looking at Facebook, both of them on their mobile phones, and just looking down at the screen the whole time. And I thought, my goodness, um, they're, they're missing out on the humanity of communication. And I think the positive thing now with what we're all going through And as you've described that when we go down to uh, North beach and we have a coffee, people talk. So I think that that young generation, uh, for example, those two young people that were at the restaurant where we were and they were both looking at their, their mobiles. I think they're going to realize what they have been missing out on that. It's definitely face-to-face communication and and chatting to each other. Human connection.
0: It's so important so important. that is that's 100% the main thing. so I think that's the rule the real positive out of this but I guess yeah. Scott we could be here I've said this this could be a 12-hour episode there's so <laughs> much to talk. there's so much to talk about I don't even know where to start but I guess the the thing that you're best known for is being one quarter of the four kinsmen talk to us about yep. that journey how did that begin um, obviously yourself from Wollongong you know you you then went to 27 states in the US, I believe you toured, as well That's as it. having your own show on the Vegas Strip, which is incredible. So, talk to me about that journey.
1: It was fantastic. Uh, yeah, I, I started with them in 1986. And um, we were traveling. We've, we've done all the, the country towns of Australia. We've done all the capital cities. We've done as you said in the preface there, we've done all the major television shows in Australia, but our big aim was to carry the flag for Australia into the United States and make Australians proud, which we're very honored and uh, we're very proud of this, but the Australian government government gave uh, a development ambassador award to because we carried the flag. So, but on the way, uh, we did work 27 states and that was absolutely a wonderful experience because we were working in things that are called state fairs, which give you uh, the equivalent in Australia, like the Sydney Royal Easter Show. Okay. And, but for us to pay our dues and to uh, make the American unions realized that we're very different and that we do have a place working in the American market. We had to really pay our dues by really doing the hard slog and working all those 27 states. So we worked in all these state fairs. We were meeting so many down to earth acts. My goodness. You know, it was incredible People, acts that were sleeping in the back, back of their cars to perform. Wow. Um, it, it, everybody was there for their craft. You know, you, nobody really worried about the material side of what somebody had. It was all about, let's sit down at the end of the, the day and have a beer and talk about our craft. And we, we swapped ideas with each other. Anyway, that was a wonderful life-building experience. And we met many friends and we've still got them today. But our whole pinnacle of what we wanted to do, we wanted to achieve to get our own show in Las Vegas, which it took us a long slog to get there. But eventually, we knocked on a few, many, many doors. Our manager was uh, prolific in uh, getting us there. Cost us a lot of money between the four of us. Um, but eventually, we were so proud that we got out there. And the announcement came out. Ladies and gentlemen direct from Australia the four Kinsmen and we had goosebumps because we were not doing it for us but we were thinking it's for everybody back at home and I remember I remember the the night that the day that we opened on the Las Vegas strip uh, the casino was been knocked down now and the new casino that's there is called the Mandalay Bay and that's yeah, okay. the one that was yeah um, that was, that, that's the one that was very controversial uh, where they had that mass uh, shooting there not long ago.
0: Yes. Okay. Um,
1: yeah. But anyway, uh, uh, yeah, we were in the casino before that and we took over from uh, the world champion magician Lance Burton because he invited us in to take over from him because he went to the Monte Carlo. But when we started, when we arrived, myself, Robert Pearson from the Four Kinsmen, On the actual strip, we took out two chairs. We placed them in the middle of the the road median strip. There was cars and traffic going all over the place. We bought out a bottle of wine each. We sat down in our chairs and we just looked at the huge 17-story sign of the four kinsmen from Australia with our pictures on it. and We just looked at it and thought... Wow, look at that.
0: We've, we've that, made it in. That's a moment for you that you'll never forget, right? That's I guess it's one of those moments and we all have them where you feel like okay, all this hard work it's it's paid yeah. off.
1: Yeah, that that's it. And we were so proud. I couldn't wait for my mum and my sister to come there, and that's another story. That was just wonderful when I picked them up from the airport. And I purposely drove past our casino with the great big sign with our photos on it. And I didn't tell them. And my mum, as we went past, she's looking at the sign and she's going, Oh, 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 that's you. That's you. And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but to pull us right down to earth, the, the opening night, um, where, where the, the opening day that we we turned up at uh, in Las Vegas and Robert and I sat in the medium strip and had the bottle of wine looking at the sign that night we went out and celebrated we went out to one of the top nightclubs in las Vegas and we Robert and I we got a taxi and we 're driving along and When we pulled up the taxi rank at the at the casino where the nightclub was, there was about twenty five taxis, and on the back there was promotional photos and it was us it was our heads on the back of the taxi saying the four kinsmen from australia and this is where it brought us right down to earth and robert's going hey mate and he's saying this to the taxi driver he's going mate mate look at that all those taxis the picture on the back that's us we just arrived here on australia from australia and we're very proud that we're going to be working at the hacienda casino what do you reckon and the guy goes well, Mac, you're telling a guy that doesn't give a shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and there it goes. It comes crashing straight back down.
1: <laughs> straight down.
0: <laughs> oh, that's great. That's amazing. And, and what's that like, I guess, you know, because I've seen, I've seen a lot of the videos and obviously, you know, this is before my time. So I was born in 96 and you know, my, my upbringing of music has been different and, but I've, got, I've gone back in the last week especially and I've been watching some of the stuff. And, mate, it's just for, for me, like, you, you're such a variety. That, that group was such a variety group and your ability to entertain in so many ways. Was there any structure as such to the style of music you played at those shows or was it a bit of everything?
1: Look, we've discussed this before and that question has come up quite often. And the four of us guys feel extremely blessed because God, God, whoever he may be, uh, whether he's Christian or Islam or whoever it may be, um, God gave the formula to the four of us. And we've tried to sit down and think, uh, how can this be the four of us are very different in everything we do in age our likes the things that we like to do as far as entertainment but when the four of us got together it was magic we bounce things off we'd sit with each other daryl summers would ring up and say for hey hey it's uh, the four of us lived on the Gold Coast at one stage, working in a, a show up there called Hollywood Legends at the casino for two years. Yeah. And every six weeks, Daryl Summers would ring up and say, "Look, we've got a um, we've got a, a themed show on this date. Can you guys come up with a five minute song and humorous segment?" So yeah. we we'd brainstorm. we we we'd sit there for you know sometimes the ideas would come out straight away, but sometimes from nine till five uh, for a week, we'd have no ideas, but we'd sit there. I've got to tell you one thing, is that when we were brainstorming one of the shows for Hey Hey at Saturday, and Graham Wilson, who, was, who lives in Wollongong, um, he was living in an apartment on the 37th floor in Surface Paradise. And we're brainstorming um, one of the segments we were doing on Hey Hey at Saturday. And we, we, we had a a brain meltdown. We couldn't come up with any ideas. So one of the guys, somebody gave him a superhuman slingshot that you (laughs) needed three people to, to man. So, um, if you don't know what a slingshot is, it's rubber. So you've got one person here, you've got one person there and they're holding the rubber and then you pull this great big elastic slingshot back and then you've got a projectile. And Graham lived right on the beach at Surfers Paradise and there's all these surfy guys out there on their boards, sitting there waiting for waves. So we went and bought some balloons and we filled them with milk. And then we tied them off and then we we pulled the slingshot back and we'd fire it off and it'd go out about 200 metres and it'd go bang into the water next to the guys. <laughs> and they're, they're looking around and this big big um, thing of milk would just disperse right next to it. And all these guys are looking around saying, what the hell's that? What's actually happening, yeah amazing it's, it,
0: it's you can you can see that for you guys there's obviously so much personality there and that's probably where a lot of those ideas come from right just the ability yeah. to have fun have a laugh and almost sometimes i think because it's i think the hardest thing for a lot of people to do is you are you know i i, I watched there's a performance and i can't i can't figure out how to i can't figure out the soul name I'll, I'll butcher this completely it's so, I think it's Italian and it's like an opera style act. It's very famous. I've heard heaps of people sing it, and you guys sung it oh, on that, the
1: stage. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, well, with an N. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, th- that's. Uh, well, I always make a joke out of it. It's about a car, the Nissan Datsun. Yes, but
0: yeah. it's,
1: it's Nissan that That's that um, movie. Um Mio, Mister, like your sign, ma'am.
0: Exactly the one. And, and <laughs> to be honest, I'm sitting, I'm sitting there and full credit to you, I, I thought your voice, the, the other guys are obviously amazing too and you won't say this because it's controversial and maybe you will, but I thought you were the best voice in the group. And every oh, time... But- I remember watching that performance and every time you took the mic again, there were three of you on stage. It was just like the crowd was just, the crowd was up, they were clapping and I was like, far out, like to be that talented. But then on the other end of the scale, to be able to take the piss out of yourself on, Hey, yeah, hey, yeah. hey and have a real laugh and be a character. That's, I think that's one of the most amazing traits to have. Cause not a lot of people can do both ends.
1: Oh, well, as I say, it comes back to um, uh, you've got to do it because it's mortgage. Yeah. You've got to pay the you bills. You've got to pay the bills. But I, I remember when, when uh, Daryl Summers said, uh, oh, I saw you guys do this this crazy thing where one of you guys was being Tina Turner. And, and, I, and that was me. Yeah. And, 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 we did a parody and I was dressed up as Tina Turner and we did a parody and it was, what you are is what you eat. I eat Kentucky fried chicken. I'm wearing claws on the end of my feet and my finger licking. And anyway, um, we did do it. We did it on there. I think it's on uh, YouTube, but I remember going to a shop in Wollongong, um, that sold shoes. And I, and I thought, I would better buy some really nice red stiletto shoes for <laughs> Hey Hey at Saturday. And, and I went in and I said to the salesperson, I said, oh, I'd like to buy some nice red high heel women's stilettos. And, and the lady said, yeah, what size? Oh, I had no idea. And, 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 and I said, oh, roughly the size of my feet. <laughs> and she said, oh, okay. She said, oh, is it for your mum or your sister or your grandma? And I said, yeah, sort of. We're all It's related. actually for Tina Turner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's for, I didn't tell her it was for me. So she brought the shoes out and I said, can I just go down the back there? And I went down the back of the store and I, I tried them on. And I'm, walk, I'm walking around in these red high heel stilettos. <laughs> and next minute, two Hells Angels bikies walked in and they took off their, they took off their helmets and they're looking at me and they're going, Oh man, I've seen everything now, mate. What are you wearing bloody women's shoes for? Have <laughs> you explained that anyway, one right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah but anyway,
0: oh, amazing. Yeah. And, Cause I watched it. I watched a performance this morning where you were on Hey Hey, it's Saturday. And obviously you know, I I would like to think that even the younger audience listening and watching this know what that show is. It was Australian TV royalty. Everyone loved that show. And it's it's crazy for me because I think this day and age, there's nothing really like that, is there? That sort of iconic Aussie show that families, couples, singles all sat down to watch.
1: Oh, look, um, for the younger generation, you can go on youtube there 's hey hey it 's Saturday TV and you can get you can get episodes of it or or little little portions of it and you can get a feel for it and uh, there isn 't anything like that um, today it 's all the reality shows which are all so contrived and people don 't yeah. realize but they they 're scripted yeah. um, with hey hey it 's Saturday." It was a very loose show, which was, which was basically ad libbed. So you never know or never knew what you were going to get that night. It was. Just, the that's perfect- the exciting thing about it. Yeah, it was so earthy and so hands on. And I think that all, all us performers, um, uh, for people that don't know what a green room is, uh, when you get there and you do a rehearsal, you go there, all the performers, they put them, we're put in a room and they give us drinks and food and make us uh, feel quite calm and uh, ready to go on and perform. Um, we'd all be sitting there, but we're, everyone's getting extremely excited because we don't know. We know what we're going to perform, but we don't know where the, What's going to happen during the the course of the show? Because it's all ad yeah. lib. Yeah,
0: and yeah. that's that's so exciting. And the the performance I watched you guys had done, it was like a, it, it was humorous, and it was the four of you. One of the one of the guys was on the guitar, and the other three of you was you were all singing. But there was like this beautiful mix of old Aussie TV commercials, um, like just Aussie culture. And this real mix of stuff that went for about, it was about five or seven minutes worth and just so creative. And I sat there and I had the best laugh this morning. And cause I, I can still remember like my old man showing me some of those commercials and some of those things, or my mum showing me that stuff and being able to reflect back on it and still have a great laugh. And it's, yep. it's just for me, I was thinking the life that you guys have lived, how exciting, like so many amazing experiences.
1: Oh. Yeah, look, Brad, um, when we lived on the the Gold Coast, I couldn't believe it. Um, We got got invited by, um, I'm name dropping here, but I want to do that because um, the entertainment industry for me has given me the great honour and opportunity to meet people that I never thought that I would meet. And we got invited by John Farnham to come down to oh, a wow. barbecue by the pool. And then, then next minute, Billy Connolly, you know, the comedian oh, Billy yes, Connolly comes yes. in and he joins us for the, for, for the barbecue. You know, it was fantastic. That's amazing. But anyway, and, and, and I remember that um, uh, when we were on Hey Hey at Saturday, and these are the great things that gives me goosebumps thinking about that. Remember that great legendary, uh, singer Tom Jones. Yep. Uh, yep. Tom Jones. He was on there and, and we were on there and uh, also John Farnham and uh, Daryl Summers ad lived and said, you two guys know this song called my Yiddish your mama. And they went, and Tom Jones, yeah, I know that. What about you, Johnny? And, uh, uh, Johnny Farnham goes, yeah, I know, I know that. Yeah, I know that song. And, and, and Daryl Summers put it on them. Can you do a duet together and do it, do it now, live on TV? And they looked at each other and John Farnham was shaking in his boots and he admitted that. And next minute, Tom, Tom Jones gets out there and starts singing. My Yudisha Mama, I miss her more than ever now. My Yiddisha mama, mama, I wanna kiss her wrinkled brow. And then John Farnham came in with his little, top, with his big, high voice. Oh, it was. It's those moments, and when I get to meet these people, that that is more than money can buy, and that's why I said it's life experience. And, and, that's it. And Brad, what I love is the fact that you're bringing these memories back by asking the questions because I'm, I'm through you right now. I'm reliving that and I'm getting the goosebumps again.
0: Well, that's the thing, right? I think for me, you know, for me in my position, you know, I look at some of the people who are the the guys that I aspire to, the guys and the the girls that I aspire to sit aside and and podcast with that have their own podcast and their own platform. And It's storytelling, isn't it? And, you know, you know, you know yourself when you bump into someone who's had, you know, who's traveled a lot or had a wealth of experience in their lifetime, you love and really look forward to those conversations because we all love hearing those stories. And for a lot of people, unfortunately, the, I guess the Monday to Friday grind and the nine to five life that they'll probably live for a long time because, you know, maybe they're content or maybe they're focused on other things that's their opportunity to live outside of their bubble through the sharing of stories. So that's why I love this. And it's, I'm always curious to to hear and a great segue off the back of what you just said with some of those amazing names and saying, you got goosebumps, you know, thinking about that moment. Is there a moment or a person or a number of people for you looking back that you just have to pinch yourself and say, did that really happen? Did I really meet
1: them? Um, this time last year, I, um, I got a telephone call. I couldn't believe it. And they said, uh, look, Friday next week, um, we're not going to tell you who it is, but um, it's a private house party uh, for about 12 guests. They're having a dinner on the balcony of the, a house overlooking a beautiful swimming pool and a magnificent yacht that they own that's just magnificent and it's right on Sydney Harbour. And they wouldn't tell me what it was and they said, you can't talk about it. There's going to be a lot of security and I couldn't believe it. I, they, the, the agenda for me was that I had to sing two songs from the Phantom of the Opera. And I had to put on a mask and dress as the Phantom. While I were having dinner on the balcony, overlooking the gorgeous Sydney Harbor, I had to come out of the shadows from the wolf. It looked like I was coming out of the water and walk up and they had production. They had lights behind me. So it silhouetted me. And then eventually I arrived right next to them. I'm singing uh, the music of the night. I'm going. You have come here to this place at Norwich. Anyway, I'm, I'm singing this stuff, and then I walk right up to them, and then the lights go on to my face, and then I realised who it was. It was 12 people, and it was Prime Minister Scott Morrison. Oh wow! And yeah, and and the thing is, what you asked me is there some, I couldn't believe it. He pulled, pulled out his mobile phone and started videoing me two meters in front of me and yeah. I'm singing and I'm going, wow, this is unbelievable. Yeah. That's incredible.
0: Yeah. Isn't, isn't that cool? Like, especially for you two years ago. So this is, you know, outside of the the huge exposure in the U S and something I wanted to touch on as well is, you know a lot a lot of people stop they have their moment and they stop you just haven't stopped i remember bumping no. into you might have been about a year ago now and I, I know you'd been over maybe in singapore performing in in some sort of musical um is that right um yeah um
1: i have worked in singapore i i, I did uh, in in february last year but um i worked in south korea uh doing the musical for Andrew Lloyd Webber Cats. Um, Which and is obviously an iconical, for, like that's an iconical oh, yeah. musical in itself. That, exactly. Uh, we, uh, I did 14 months there and it was absolutely a wonderful experience because I got to experience and uh, it, it's not a place that I ever thought that I wanted to go to uh, with South, um, South Korea, but I fell in love with their culture because they're very family oriented and I love their food, the culture, the arts. And the fact that I was performing for them and giving them a lot of fun, um, I just love the place. So I've worked there quite a few times since then.
0: And because that's, that's an industry that you really spend a lot of
1: time in, isn't it? Theatre. Theatre, yeah, that's what I was trained to do. Um, but when when the opportunity came with the four kinsmen, it's four of us guys creating our own theatre. So I wasn't doing somebody's work of art, like an Andrew Lloyd Webber musical that is scripted. Yeah. Um, when I got put in there, that's where the creative side, the four of us guys, we created and created our own platform and theatre for the, the masses.
0: Yeah, wow. Is there for you, like looking back, is, is there an actual performance that you can't, obviously there's the Scott Morrison performance two years ago, which would feel iconic and almost a shame that only a few, a few people got to share that experience, but is there a performance on a greater stage where you had an audience that you look back on and, and that's one of your favorites. Do you have a favorite?
1: Ah, Jez, What would be my favorite performance that I've ever done on a grand scale? The um, I, uh, recently with the grand maestro of the world, Tommy Tico. Um, and you can go on YouTube and have a look at this. Um, it was with a 70 piece orchestra, uh, the Sydney international orchestra. And I sang, um, it was an unbelievable experience for me. The place was packed out. I'm there with this, one of the world's greatest or- orchestras, and I'm singing that classic opera song, Ness and Dorma. But what I did, and the producer said, when you come in to rehearse with the orchestra, with the, uh, the musical director especially, don't let them know that you're going to send the whole thing up during the live performance. And what it was, I went in there. We did the rehearsal in the afternoon. I sung the song three times during rehearsal, right through, and it was very classical and very conservative. But during the live performance, I came out dressed as Pavarotti's brother, Revan. <laughs> and I, I described to the audience, <laughs> I've got this wig on, and I look like a really dishevelled Luciano Pavarotti. And I described to the audience that my brother, Luciano, who God bless his soul, he's gone to heaven, but I talk to him every day on Heaven Skype, and I tell him that I'm going to sing this song. And Pavarotti, Luciano, says, Scott, you should not sing that song because you run the risk of when you sing that song, just like me, I sung it so many times, that when you sing the song, it's an unusual phenomenon. You get fatter and fatter and fatter and the more you sing it you get fatter and fatter and then one day you go bang you you explode so, so i made up a suit a special suit so that when i'm singing the song i do it seriously but i change the words all of a sudden i tell after i've told the audience that i run the risk of getting fatter as i sing the song i do and i get fatter and fatter and fatter and fatter and I end up like a Goodyear blimp. I'm huge <laughs> by the end of it. And, and that to me, I walked off and I'm looking at the musical director and the very conservative musicians in the orchestra and they're looking at me going, and they're all laughing. And I thought, I've done my job. That's fantastic. 100%. I've, and, and it's I've cool if you can mix
0: both, right? Like you can have such a classical performance and add yep. that sense of humour because that's entertainment. And... And I love that within within entertainment, you can almost define that yourself.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And we're defining entertainment right now as we speak because we're in lockdown at the moment. Uh, we're one of all the other countries in the world, but I'm. This is entertainment, and definitely that's that's it. And that's that's my motivation for life. And the thing is, at the end of yours or my journey, my, my mantra in life is that when I get to that day when I'm about to pull the pin and go to, whether I go up up there or go down there, and it's my final breath, I want to be able to turn around and say, it was great. It was well worthwhile. I would never change a thing. And, and that's the
0: thing, right? You know, like we, we, we went, you know, we sort of touched on it before and I'll come back to it. That's, that's really the motivation, isn't it? Like, you look at, I was, I was listening to a podcast and I've said this to a few people now, I don't know if you've ever heard of a gentleman named Boyd Vardy. Yep, yep. Yeah. So a line tracker. And yep. I was listening to his story and I guess for him, life is lived through the face of fear and almost facing death on a daily basis. And yep. it just had me so, like I was so drawn in listening to this episode about how he's been face-to-face with lions. He's had to charge a lion, how he literally looks death in the face and has to, to front it on a daily basis. And it made me think about how alive that guy must feel. And it's so yep. similar with entertainment. Really, you just want to feel alive. You want to feel like, that, you know, whether it be 80 years, 100 years, 60 years, 70 years of your life has been truly lived. And I, yep. I guess I, for me, the motivation is I would hate to get there. You know, I've had some health things over my lifetime, even at 24, like my cystic fibrosis, that make you realize that this is really a precious gift and it's not, you know, it's not something that should be taken for granted. So for me to hear other people say the same thing that I, that I think and feel, yeah, it, it, it's good to know that other people are on the same path. And I guess now you said you're 60 years old, you've achieved so much and done so much already, you know, more than most yep. people would in 10 lifetimes, but is there yep. anything that's still on that
1: bucket list or that checklist? Oh, that you want oh look, to... look what, look. And, and I appreciate and uh, the, the, the fact that you were talking about um, uh, the, the fact that uh, you've got that st- situation with the cystic fibrosis um but you 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 stay really focused and really really positive um we've all got our life and we've got a lifespan i always i've always looked at a little cicada you know i used to love climbing trees when i was a kid i still <laughs> would now but uh um I I I I love the sound of cicadas, and I love seeing their little shells when they they get rid of the shell. You know, when you find them in the tree and yeah. they've moved on and become something else, they've they've morphed into something else. But I always love that, and I love getting the prints, the black one, and I'd I'd take that and I'd I'd I'd, I'd take him and I'd, I'd showed mum and dad. But I, when I look at it as a metaphor of life, is that our life journey is on average now, uh, how old would a man live? Probably 78 is on average, the lifespan. Yeah. Um, but I look at a, at a little tiny innocent cicada that has a great life. They live for one week, but they achieve so much. So on the big time line of life, they 're happy with one week that 's really fulfilling. so on the time life timeline of life of infinity, if I live to seventy eight, I want it to mean something, so that whatever 's in the future and when we move on, I want to be able to say that was just absolutely brilliant, and all I can say is now we 've all got our ups and downs. We might have monetary problems. We might have issues with our family, our friends. We might have situations where we're dealing with work and it's depressing us a little little bit. But for me, that's all part of the big picture of having a whole life and feeling really good about yourself because it's being human.
0: Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Is Is there anything that
1: you want to achieve in the next few years of your life that you haven't yet been able to Uh, to do? Yep. Um, uh, One of my very best friends, he's 87 and him and his daughter, they've just, there's a television program, uh, a magic program on primetime TV called Penn and Teller. And it's in, it's uh, based in Las Vegas, but it's been all around the world to hundreds of millions of people. And they've, the whole premise of the show is they invite magicians on there to fool the two experts of magic Penn and Teller and they've fooled them twice. And, uh, and they've got more things happening. I look at Arthur, he's 87. And last year, my wife and I rang him up and said, Arthur, we're coming up to visit you on the Gold Coast. We're going to spend a week with you. Um, Let's do some great things. And he said, yeah, great Scott he's 87. I said, do you want to go horse riding? He said, yeah. Wow, do you ride horses? I said, yeah, let's go horse riding. So we did. And then I said, uh, what else? Do you want to go go-kart riding? He said, yeah, let's go go-kart riding. And the thing is, me, I want all my nieces and nephews and all the the grandkids that are with all the family, I want them to say that when I'm 87, if I get there, that Scott's a really cool guy. He fits in. He's really only 21 and that he's still doing great stuff. So for me at the moment, (laughs) um, I look at every day, days motivate me to think and create and enjoy life and celebrate the fact that we have a life.
0: Definitely. I love to hear that. I love to hear that. And, you know, you're so well known in Wollongong. Um, you, how long have you been living back here for now?
1: Uh, we've been living back here for how many years, she's oh, 20 years, 20 years.
0: You've obviously had some amazing cultural experiences. You've been around the world, you've performed and, and lived in so many places. I've got two, I guess two aspects to this question. The first is there a place that having spent some time in performing or whether it just be traveling and enjoying yourself, is there a place that culturally you miss and you really loved? And also the second part of that question is, you know, I, I know the answer to this, but what brings you back to Wollongong um, for the last 20 years after having lived in so many places?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that one, um, This will probably come as a surprise to yourself and and, uh, to people listening and watching. Um, And people have asked that question before. And my wife and I were going to move, make the big move to this place. And people don't associate this place with culture or creativity. They think it's all glitz and very over the top. But it's a wonderful place. And I, during my days off, and uh, I, I would go out with my partner, uh, Graham Wilson from Wollongong in the Four Kinsmen, we would leave the main part of this city and we would move into superb, suburbia. And we'd go out and we'd find little cafes and, and restaurants and we would frequent them to meet the locals. And we loved that and believe it or not the place that i would love to live um probably not not now because i we we where we really love wollongong uh and this is where we'll live forever but that place is las vegas
0: okay wow. yeah that's that's interesting yeah. that would shock a lot of yeah. people so you think it just would. because of the mix of culture there and how much is happening and really
1: life is happening in Las Vegas, right? It, it is. And you know what? I don't gamble. I never put, I don't gamble at all. I, I probably buy a lotto ticket once in a yeah. while, especially when it's $80 million up for grabs. Uh, don't we all? Um, yeah. But no, uh, we worked in, in casinos, Um, uh, and the the whole time we were working in Vegas, it was in a casino, but I I didn't, uh, uh, the only thing is, I I rorted the system, because after we finished our show, um, I I realised the benefit, after the show, we would go and stand around the poker machines, and I'd, I'd, I'd put I'd put some money next to the poker machine and, and the, the, the waitresses would come up, come around and they saw you, they thought that you were playing the machines and they go, sir, would you like a free cocktail? So, <laughs> so then because they thought you were playing the machines, yeah. I wrote I the system as much as I could. And they bring, bring you around free drinks all night. But no, um, I, I loved it. And I, uh, the unemployment in Las Vegas is virtually nil big every everyone, everyone's employed, but everyone loves it because they're there and they realize that uh, the majority of the people in Las Vegas are there to entertain the world. So um, I, I would go out with a, one of the acts, we would go out culturally, we'd go out to little town halls and you see the weirdest acts come in there. But, these acts were so stim- uh, stimulating because they were bizarre. But you'd go away and go, that guy is, spends eight hours a day practising his craft for that. But you'd go away and go, that's Las Vegas. It's bizarre. And you can get your car um, serviced 24 hours a day. Everything's open 24 hours a day. Really? Even, even yeah. stuff like that? That's kind yeah, of cool, isn't
0: yeah. it? I guess life never stops there. And it's, you know, it's funny. And it, it made me just think of it there, to be honest, listening to you say that. It made me think about, well, firstly, you've come, you've come back to Wollongong and it's, we're so blessed here, aren't we?
1: Like, oh, look, yeah. Look, you, that was your second question there. Um, my wife and I, we love the Gold Coast. We, we really love Adelaide. Uh, we could go there because um, uh, I, in particular, I love architecture and that's such a, uh, a great place. Um, but Wollongong, there's something that whenever I go away, I've got a yearning for and it just pulls me back like a magnet.
0: We lived on the Gold Coast. It?
1: It, you've hit it. It's community. Everyone, you know, you, you know,
0: the, yeah. That's funny, Scott, because I, you know, at the moment we're all isolating, right? And just like we did two days ago, I went for, I've been, I've been getting out of the house for a walk once a day, right? To clear the head, to get out. I go and swim in the ocean pool every morning. I go out yep. and I walk for about two hours. And I cannot, and, and this is one of the things I love about it. It's not everyone's cup of tea, but I can't go for a 10 minute walk without bumping into someone I know. And that, that, just so yep. well connected. We bumped into each other the other day. And the next thing I turn around and my nan and papa there yelling out to me, like, it's just such a beautiful community of people that seem to all somehow be interconnected. And yeah, while yeah. Some, some people go, oh, I don't like that. You know, for me, it's, it's always amazing to come back to. And I spent a year in a year in Melbourne and Melbourne's a beautiful city. I probably didn't give it the time that I needed to because I worked so much when I was there, but, I always wanted to just get back to Wollongong and I craved getting back home because the people here and, and the lifestyle that we have the opportunity to live, I only wish more people across the world understood how lucky we are here in Wollongong.
1: Yep. You're, you're, that you're exactly right. And uh, Cheryl and I, we, we thank our lucky stars all the time because as you said, it is community. And we did have the opportunity. We did buy in Sydney to move up there and we love Sydney, but we realized that it was getting so big. And when we did think about making the move there, we just really took a very strong and hard think of, will we miss people? And we thought, no, we've, Wollongong is where we belong. And as you said, you can't go with 10 minutes without when you go for a walk without meeting somebody you know.
0: Yeah, and and everybody's nice got a
1: nice thing to say. Yeah,
0: exactly. that's the great thing. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, Cast, I guess we're in 2020 now. Um, life has changed, you know. Like, I guess, looking at the time that you come up in the entertainment industry and the the access to audience was so much different. you had to be on TV you had to be in the paper or you somehow had to get press and now all of a sudden we all have that power in our back pocket um, through the use of, of phones and you know the ability to connect as we are now if Good you point. were if you were coming up in the industry now in 2020 would you have done anything differently with the with the technology you have at hand I don't know if you've looked
1: into it much but um, that's a that, that's a good question because I've said this. I've I've had a lot of uh, young people get in contact with me in the last few years, asking me for direction and some hints on what I think, uh, because they they're, they're wanting to get into the entertainment industry, and the the only thing that I can say to the people getting into the entertainment industry is be true to yourself. Don't try to do it for the wrong reasons. The reasons for me, if you want to be in my industry, is to think of the public yeah. and be really generous to them. And, and this can apply to, as we went to at the beginning of the interview, in real estate, anything that's to do with the public, um, just be true to yourself, be honest, and be generous as to what you give people. And at the end, it doesn't matter what publicity you do, whether it's in the paper, whether you're on television or whether you're, you're on social media, um, people identify people that are honest and the integrity of those people, it comes across and definitely. they want to follow you your journey.
0: Yeah, definitely. That's- I 100% agree with that. That's, that's the thing, isn't it? And I guess that's the power, but also the fault in the technology we have because it's so, you touched on it before, you know, you, you cast your mind back or you cast back to a Hey, Hey, it's Saturday, which was about just being yourself and putting yourself out there and, and just throwing yourself into these crazy situations that were, but were genuinely created off the back of people's real personalities but then you look at the world that we live in today and reality TV is so scripted. It's actually not reality anymore. And I think it's not, that's the downfall yeah. with this technology. It's so easy to almost push a fake persona, but I think that's identified so quickly. And yeah. you know, I, I said, I said to somebody recently, you know, real estate's one of those industries where not everyone likes real estate agents and it's a little bit, you know, oh real estate agents are grease bags, you know, you know, that's the typical stigma. But as a twenty four year old guy who I, I really put myself out there. You know, like I yeah, everything I do is is out there for the world to see. And I'm so blessed because I've not had I've not had a bad word said about me and everyone just comes together to support what I'm about and what makes me happy. And I think, you know, I said to a couple of people, I said, I feel blessed because I feel like that's almost not super common on the internet these days. And one of my mates said to me, he said, but it's because everything you do is a hundred percent you like, it's so genuine that people can see there's no bullshit. It's just you being who you are. And that's why people want to support you. So I think you hit the nail on the head. The power of it is now you can connect with more people than ever but as long as you're being
1: yourself, that's
0: what it actually matters. Yeah, that
1: that 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 is the formula, and I've 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 based my life on that because my father told me that when I was a youngster. He said, "Scott, be you, be honest and true," and he said, "If you live your life that way, people will follow you. They'll become a fan uh, in the sense that whatever." career that you're in um, they will follow you and be loyal to you and I'm very blessed the fact that I do have a lot of those people in my life and I try to be loyal to them um, as much as they're loyal to me and we go back to the whole thing about life at the end of life um, it's that that we look back on and go that was worth it definitely Hey, you know what interests yes. me? And I'm intrigued
0: to know this actually, because as someone who's like, you obviously love entertainment. You're still so passionate about it. You, you know, i watch the, you know, for anyone who's watching, go check Scott out on Facebook because there's there's almost a performance every night in the kitchen. Um, <laughs> you you know, you're cooking something in some sort of outfit and with some sort of alter ego. But I guess it, it interests me. Are you a are you the type of guy to sit on the lounge at night and, and tune into a show or tune into a movie? Or do you find yourself more so still being creative even in your downtime?
1: Oh, another good question, right? Um, uh, not last night, the night before. Um, I was getting really creative in my, in my mind. I, I, I couldn't relax and I tur- we had the television on. Um, Cheryl went to bed I ended up I I didn't sleep all that night. I you know I I opened up a, a nice bottle of red and uh didn't go overboard with that. I just slowly um enjoyed that red but I put on uh Foxtel and I watched a whole lot of um late night uh what's what's that late night what the uh, late late la, late night live uh the american tv roasts oh, yes. i watched oh fantastic and i couldn't I, I went from one to the other i watched david hasselhoff being um um roasted i watched justin beaver being, hey, can, can being I say, roasted
0: that justin yep. beaver one i gotta give him some credit because he <laughs> he in his return serve was very good oh fantastic yes yeah. yeah and, and I, I love that sort of stuff too because it's it's true human personality coming out. And yeah. I'm like, it's, it's funny because I had, um, I don't know if, you, if you, you might have seen or you might know him, but Joe Damon, he's a stand-up comic from New Zealand. And I had him on the show a couple weeks back now. And it's, it's one of my favorite episodes because it was, if anyone's listening and they want to watch, be... I'll guess I'll put a disclaimer out there. A lot of language in that episode, <laughs> yeah. and quite quite a quite a full on episode. But he's such a funny guy, and we spoke about that personality that shines through in comedy. And one of my favourites is Ricky Gervais because I think he totally Ricky Gervais
1: better yeah, than yeah. anyone.
0: And yeah. I remember watching. Like I'm not a huge stand up guy, but there's a couple of things that I've started to watch and. I especially like the improv stuff, which yeah, yeah. I guess with these roasts, almost, you know, a lot of it's scripted, but with that return serve at the end is what really fires me up because I want to see <laughs> what they can take from that show and how well yeah, they come
1: back. Yeah. Oh, look, uh, um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what intrigues me. I, I love what you're saying there, the return serve. And, and, and the one that I was, it it's, it, really intrigued me was um, when I was watching it, the roast of Donald Trump and he's (laughs) copping it. He's absolutely copying it. And and he never once said fake news, fake news. He never said that once he just sat there and he even cracked a smile. Yeah.
0: That's the beauty of comedy, right? Yeah. I I think in real life, not Everyone is, is ready for that. But in comedy, it's this, there's a, there's a, Hey, if you're, if you're watching this, you'll see the dog. This
1: is, um, that, that's Scotty's Houdini. Famous that's dog. my dog's Houdini. Yeah, that, that, that was just, that was just a little commercial break. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I, I love that comedy has a way of, of doing that with people. It has the ability to bring people together and to almost let your ego go and just have a little bit of fun because life's good yeah. when you can take the piss out of each other, right? Oh yeah. And yeah. that's like me yeah. and my mates can sit down and have a serious conversation, but 90% of the time we're all having a stab at each other and having a laugh. And that's what I love about, I guess when you are yourself and people know that there's no malicious intent and you're trying to have yeah. a bit of fun. One of the reasons why I, you know, I've, I sort of really started to love Joe Damon's stuff and got him on the show because he doesn't mind taking the piss out of himself and you're, you're much the same as I said before. That's the beauty of comedy.
1: Oh, yeah, that, that is, that is where we've all got a life is a parody It is, and it is, it's a parody. You know, you can do it. You can do it in a way that's very conservative, but the way that's more exciting and entertaining for yourself is take the piss out of yourself. It's a parody. Absolutely. I remember, I remember this, there, there's a, an old comedian, very, very successful comedian uh, in Las Vegas called George Burns. And he used to have big round glasses and he had a big cigar, that was his trademark. Even on television, he used to smoke a cigar, which is politically incorrect today. But on his 100th birthday, I distinctly remember he was interviewed on television. And the journalist was quite young. She would have been in her early 20s. And she came up to George Burns, that's just, um, turned 100 years old. He's just received a, a letter from the Queen of England to congratulate him. And she goes, Hi, George, George Burns, uh, Mr. Burns, um, congratulations, you know, uh, uh on your 100th birthday and, uh, uh, you, 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 you've got a television audience here and now live. And, and is there anything that you can tell the television audience, what, what is it like to be a hundred years old? And he goes, well, my dear, all I can say is that uh, I'll tell the audience to be a hundred years old. There's very little peer pressure. <laughs> and, and, and then he said, and you're looking at me darling. You've got to be in your early 20s. And he said, congratulations, you've got a great job as a journalist. And he said, you're looking at a man of 100 years old, and you're thinking, how does this 100-year-old man make love at that age? And he said, I'm going to tell you and the audience that making love at 100 years old, it's like shooting pool with a piece of string. <laughs> 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 See, um, he's, do- he's doing always doing a parody of himself even a hundred years old and and yeah I, i
0: love that hey i love that and personality is so important in life and you know scott this has been an absolutely amazing chat like i said we could go on for hours and hours but i hope listening to this you can see how much of an entertainer and how much of a good bloke that this guy is i want to make sure that people can connect with you so are you when it comes to social media, you're on Facebook, of course, Scott Radburn. Yep. Um, yep. Are you on Instagram? No, no. no.
1: no. So basically, it's, it's just Facebook, isn't it? Just Facebook. And it, and if you get me after 10 o'clock at night or after 11 o'clock at night, it's off your Facebook.
0: Yeah, okay. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> good. Hey, and also, you know, I had a lot of fun this morning going back on YouTube. There's plenty of old clips of you know, these guys performing as the four kinsmen, but also Scott performing in his solo accent. And there's a whole heap of stuff that you'd sit there and listen to and be marveled by as well as stuff that you'd get um, a really good laugh out of Scott. It's been my absolute pleasure to have you, um, you know, from the bottom of my heart, mate, yep. like I said, you, you, ins- you inspire the hell out of me. You know, I remember watching one of my favorite TV moments. There's the rock. He's in a show called ballers. He's a player um, sort of sport and financial agent and he's driving in the car and he's talking about the story of his dad who sort of worked a mediocre job for many years in in the mill and he talks about meeting his boss for the th- first time in 30 years who was financially super wealthy and has, has got his life worked out and he said sitting across from him, you know, his father sitting across from his boss and the boss said nothing and the boss really done nothing special and he said coming out of that meeting my dad realized he was just like the rest of us. He's just another human who just had I guess, yeah. the motivation and the endeavor to go out and have a crack at life and make it what he wanted to. And that's one of the things that really inspires me about you. You're a guy from Wollongong who grew up in, you know, humble beginnings in Wollongong, which many of the people who listen to this show are. And you went out and you chased your dream and done what made life exciting. And if there's anything Um, that I could hopefully inspire others to do is just go out and do what makes you happy and live a life that you're going to be proud of and look back on with great reflection. So I thank you so much for coming on and and thank you for being yourself.
1: And, and, and thank you for inspiring me, um, Brad. I, I truly mean that Um, I respect and honor and, and I will follow you in whatever you do. And the message that I see that you give, with your being so motivated and so positive. Um, and that's why I'm really enjoying this interview is that everybody follow yourself, be you. And at the end of the day, when a, the, the, the time comes, look back and say, that was just a hoot, a fantastic time. And, and I'll say this, that to everybody and to you, Brad, um, in the words of the Italian singer Pavarotti. I love you very much. It goes, I love you very
0: much. I appreciate that so much. What a way to finish it off. And if you're listening to this and you've loved episode 18 or the 17 episodes prior, please subscribe to the podcast, give it a five star rating. And when you guys leave reviews it. Hits me right in the feels because I love knowing that you're getting something out of the show. Um, Tune in for episode 19 coming next week. Appreciate you. Bye.